Welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in this podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. The CIM Podcast is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio. Hi everybody and welcome to the CIM Podcast and today we've got a very special guest with us, Rob Gray, who is the strategy partner and co-founder of the brand consultancy squad how are you today sir i'm good thank you joining as well a cherished veteran of this podcast is Gemma butler she's the author of sustainable marketing and also director of marketing at cim itself at moore hall and she's with us again Gemma, how are you good thank you very much you know today we'll be discussing a topic which is close to Gemma's heart as co-author of the hit book sustainable marketing and it's a hit book not least because it is a hot topic consumers want brands to be sustainable and they notice when they're not sustainable which begs the question why aren't all brands 100 percent committed to sustainability you're indeed right you know in terms of consumers and indeed the entire stakeholder chain there has been a significant shift in power and a significant shift in mindset and wants which is Consumers want to engage with more sustainable brands or brands that have a clear sustainable agenda. Uh, IBM's Meet the Consumer Report 2020, nearly six in 10 consumers they surveyed say they are willing to change their shopping habits to reduce environmental impact. And over 70% would pay a premium of 35% on average for brands that are sustainable and environmentally responsible. 35%, that is an absolutely huge premium. I suspect that would be a surprise to many. Yes, and, and this is, you know, that you, you Google any reports around this and it's the same. The majority want to deal with sustainable brands. But then you've also got employees, you know, employees want to work for brands that have strong environmental policy. And then you've got investors who are playing a more active role in asking for all of the things to do with sustainability on that company's agenda. Do you think marketers are aware of the importance to consumers? Well, we recently did some uh, some polls on Instagram and we asked, you know, would marketers like to improve their knowledge of sustainability and responsible marketing? And 64 said definitely, and they're already looking into it. And 33% said yes, but they're not sure how. Uh, we also asked, uh, do you believe marketing plays a significant role when it comes to sustainability? And an overwhelming 71% said definitely. When we asked the question about is sustainability on the radar of your company, uh, 60% said it is a priority. It seems a fairly good health check all round, but those figures do suggest that marketers are more conscious of it than companies as a whole. One of the issues is, is sustainability is extremely broad and extremely complex. And, you know, it's approached in a number of different ways. There's your company as a whole operationally, is it sustainable? Its own impacts, its own, you know, uh, uh, carbon footprint. Then there's the sustainability of the products and services you offer out into the market. And then there's what are you doing as a whole in addition to all of that to bring well-being to all. So, you know, it is a very broad subject, but I think, you know, a lot of companies, certainly smaller companies in the UK, just don't know where to start. And that seems to be uh, one of the biggest challenges that we're facing is that they're faced with this exceptionally big challenge, which is complex, and they're not really sure where to start. 
This idea of bringing well-being to all, though, and to act as a magnet for consumers and to act as a magnet for great employees sort of speaks to this theme, which we come back to time and again on this podcast, of purpose, does it not, Rob? And is, is there a strong link between purpose and environmental sustainability? Um, yeah, and I, th- I think those two things often get quite intertwined. You know, I think social purpose and and purpose often kind of are used interchangeably these days. Um, I think if if you go back to the kind of roots of purpose when people first started talking about that in the 60s, um, you know, it was very much around what is the kind of fundamental purpose of of this brand or this organization what does it exist to do for for customers for employees for investors um and i don't think that's necessarily always social purpose you know in some brands it undoubtedly is if you look at people like patagonia their whole kind of reason for being since the inception of the business was to be sustainable and to build a sustainable outdoor company um but i think a lot of um a lot of brands these days get themselves confused and in a bit of a pickle by confusing the fundamental kind of purpose of the business of the brand and what it exists to do and offer to to customers with the then kind of sustainable and social agenda which is something slightly different suggesting that there's sort of there are brands that are on what you can call bona fide sustainable brands, which is part of their own being, and other brands are somehow trying to shoehorn sustainability into their brand as a way of attracting new consumers and talent. I think it's very hard to make an argument as to why you wouldn't do everything possible to be sustainable these days. You know, why it's almost as kind of essential as making a profit for a business. You know, it's kind of you've, you know, given the situation the world and society finds itself in how can you possibly make that argument against not doing what you can to to make yourself a sustainable business but there's then a separate question of whether that is the fundamental reason why people buy your brand and whether and why they buy into your brand and why your brand is different in the market and why people are loyal to your brand and that isn't always around sustainability but that's not saying you shouldn't take sustainable actions it's just saying it's not necessarily the front and center thing when it comes to building your brand and and kind of and your marketing activity and how you try and differentiate yourselves in in the market otherwise we get to a place where every every single brand is basically the same because they're all about sustainability and i think to some extent that's happening at the moment you know sustainability is rapidly becoming undifferentiating because so many people are talking about it. It's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, I was reading some some research, which I, I present a lot, which is, I think it was from Kantar, which is the Purpose 2020 report. And it says 76% of marketers believe their organisation has a defined purpose, but only 10% believe it goes beyond the products and services they sell. So there's this real focus on let's let's make our products sustainable. Let's just market the heck out of them. Let's put labels all over them, make all these claims. But when you dig back into that organisation and say, OK, what else do you do? What's your impact? What do you do for well-being? Then it, it doesn't exist. And I think that's about this this becoming really authentic and taking 
your purpose back to the core of why does your brand exist? Why are we here? So that's really interesting, isn't it, Rob? There's a dissonance, Gemma Butler's saying, between a product being sustainable versus the actual impact, the footprint of the company as a whole, what its people do, how it behaves, uh, you know, its impacts on other parts of its society. Is that fair, do you think, that there's too much of a focus on the product and not enough on the process? You know, is it is it the kind of product that has a real kind of um, impact on sustainability or is it the wider activities of the business? That kind of situation does vary. I think it kind of moves to your point, Rob, around, you know, sustainability is becoming something that you use to market your products and services with, mm. isn't it? That so people buy them and, and it, it's created this sort of, it's made navigating what products you want to buy quite difficult because it, marketing has leapt on this now and is using this as another tool for which to to sell. But actually, if we're talking about companies and organisations needing to be sustainable, it has to go back into the, the broader sort of reason of why your your business exists. That That's proper sustainability. It's not whether your product is, you know, it is recyclable and whether you put that all over the box. Yeah, I think you used the word authentic, didn't you, Gemma? You know, yes. I think I think that's a really important word in this whole debate. People can sniff out inauthenticity a mile off. Um, and when brands um, you know, undertake marketing and communications that talk about sustainability in a way that isn't authentic and doesn't feel like they're really totally committed to it and really delivering on it I think people sniff it out I think when brands do it well it's because it feels authentic it feels like they genuinely believe it and are doing the best they can to be sustainable um, because you know the what's achievable will vary by different brands won't it you know some have businesses that lend themselves to, to being sustainable much more than others. How authentic are the authentic sustainable <laughs> brands though? I, mean, I interviewed the Innocent Fruit Drinks head of people back in the day, long, many, many years ago for a magazine called Professional Manager, when they were being taken over by Coca-Cola. And Innocent, of course, is an authentic, sustainable brand, but it puts out X amount of metric tons of plastic every year in its bottles, and it is now owned wholly by Coca-Cola, I understand. But that is a brand which markets itself. Its whole being is marketed as sustainability. But surely there are question marks over its sustainability. I think we need to be realistic in that there is no purest brand out there, yeah? So there is no 100% pure sustainable brand out there, even Patagonia. You know, they've called themselves out for releasing microfibers through washing machines into the water, through the clothes that they make. But that's the difference. They call themselves out on it. I think this is where we've got this authenticity and transparency. You know, I think a lot of brands are talking about what they're doing well, but they're not talking about where they're still impacting and where they have a way to go. And I think that's the missing piece of the narrative for me is talk about everything you know, if you are innocent, yes, you are owned by Coca-Cola. And, and, and on the face of it, Coca-Cola is not a sustainable brand. It uses virgin plastic to make its bottles. It has a few bottles that aren't made from virgin plastic. and it, But it plays all of its credentials on the fact that its bottles are recyclable. But that's just passing ownership down to the consumers to recycle that bottle. So, I think, you know, it's about being transparent and we need more brands to be transparent and, and 
show where they're progressing, but show where they still have some work to do. I think Innocence are really interesting kind of case in points to a lot of these points we're making because thinking back to when they first kind of burst onto the scene with their quirky little bottles um you know it was all about um the freshness and the ingredients um it was all about you know never ever from, from concentrate um and offering a more natural um healthier product and i think somewhere along the line that's kind of morphed into well that's quite a purposey position for the brand to take and and therefore it becomes quite intertwined with having a social purpose and sustainability but I'd argue fundamentally the reason Innocent exists and the reason people buy it is still probably to do with those original principles of a healthier fresher more natural more nutritious product and whether they've got a sustainability story that they can put front and centre, you know, I think that's an interesting question. I think that they put a TV ad out recently um, that, um, you know, judging by the comments online, you know, a lot a lot of people were were challenging and 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 kind of you know questioning whether um, a brand that is essentially a single serve convenience product in a in a plastic bottle should be going out on a kind of sustainability position as their kind of fundamental thing should companies be releasing these sort of manifestos at all Gemma butler or should they just simply concentrate on getting their own house in order so people can lead by example i think you know manifestos and pledges and all things are all well and good but if, if there's nothing behind them and you don't follow up on them then you know it, it they, they are redundant things aren't they 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 have no no use but if there's something behind them and then they they follow up and, and share the results and the progress then absolutely I think another interesting thing that was um that was launched or announced last week though if we're talking about marketing sustainability is the green claims code so the competition markets authority um announced that last week and this is where you know businesses have to make their claims comply with law and, you know, they they have to ask themselves, are your claims truthful and accurate? Are they clear and unambiguous? Do they admit or hide important information? Do they make fair and meaningful comparisons? Uh, have you substantiated your claims? And do they consider the full life cycle of the product? And I think this is something that every marketer and business needs to be aware of, because from January 2022, this is coming into play and there is going to be consequences as a result of this. I was going to say, put your finger in the air. If they had to do that tomorrow with no warning, how many do you think would pass? I mean, it's staggering. I just did a piece of research on labelling and there are currently something like 453 eco labels um, in circulation around the world. Add to that the marketing labels where, you know, we use words such as eco and environmentally friendly. They don't they don't actually mean anything, do they, if you strip them back and ocean bound, made from ocean bound plastic. You know, what, what does that actually mean? So I think it's going to go a really, really good way to to stripping back a lot of the confusion 
for consumers when navigating, you know, and making informed decisions on the products they buy. Across Europe, across the world, we have sort of Appellation Control A, you know, uh, 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 sort of certificates of origin, certificates of quality, uh, which are quite rigorously enforced, you know, to have this, to be able to call a, a wine, this wine or that wine, you've got to pass a certain uh, number of criteria. And it sounds to me like that until this thing kicks in, we haven't got any sort of rigour on these labels being enforced and they don't really mean much. No, no. And I think it's it's incredibly frustrating and, and damaging for consumers, really, you know, in terms of the impact on on brands. I, you know, one personal frustration is every every evening doing the doing the washing up and you you're sorting through these these kind of diligently rinsing out plastic bottles and things. And you look on the back and there's all kinds of different instructions and labels about what can be recycled and you kind of you want to put it in the recycling but you're not quite sure and then you're told kind of well actually it's worse to put something in the recycling that you know you're not you're not sure about and and you know rarely do you see any kind of information on the back of packaging that's actually helpful and instructive in what to do with it in how to do the best thing by it. That's a critical point, isn't it? That are brands doing enough to make sustainability easy and accessible for consumers? It sounds to me like they are not. There's a difference here that I think is important between how you use sustainability from a marketing message point of view and a brand position point of view. But on the other side, how do you make your marketing activity fundamentally sustainable in terms of the actions you're taking? So, you know, packaging, labelling, gifting, you know, the things you actually do as a as a marketer, you know, delivery options, offering people, you know, more sustainable delivery options and, and making people aware of the environmental footprint of different delivery options. You know, these the kind of um, actions that are to do with marketing and how, how do you make those more sustainable, not just a communication message. Those instructions, Gemma Butler, are an important part of the marketing, aren't they? I'm not going to name them because other brands are anyway available, but I get sent uh, printer ink by a well-known printer brand. And when it comes to me, the ink, it comes automatically and it comes with a clearly labelled recyclable bag to put the old one in, telling me that if I put this uh, my old cartridge in, put it back in the post box, they will recycle it and use it to send more of their customers new ink. So I know exactly what to do how to do it and what the company is going to do with it. I assume they're telling the truth. I hope they are, but let's assume they are telling the truth. That is clear marketing telling me how to be sustainable with their product. And it makes me think of them as a sustainable brand. There's not enough of it, is there, Gemma Butler? Well, I mean, that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's the importance of those sort of action, action-led messages. You know, it's like your call to actions on anything. If it, rather than, than, than putting all over your product, you know, where it's sourced and all of that information that is just going to, you know, bypass consumers, just put simple things on there like recycle me or reuse me or repair me. And those things, I think, are, you know, really important. I think back to Rob's point about it's not just about the communication. You know, I believe that sustainability is taking marketing back to the core of what marketing is and should be doing, which is around brand, purpose, strategy, and then communication, both internally and externally. And it's that broader remit of skills that I think sustainability is the catalyst for 
for the right conversations to be happening, for marketing to be feeding back into the business strategy, because ultimately we're the people that know what's happening out there in the market. We know what the consumers want, but also we can bring that information internally into our organisation and communicate it clearly so that we can drive and implement change faster. The the impact of that on brands is often overlooked as well. As an example, one of the things that regularly annoys me is um, is the deodorant I use um, is from a from a brand who regularly kind of puts out messages and trumpets their sustainability. But whenever I open a new a new packet, um, it seems to be half empty, presumably to make it look like there's more in there than uh, than there actually is, um, and it's incredibly um, you know over-engineered, lots of plastic, um, no information about the recycling on it. Um, so I find that a, a frustration which then translates to that brand and my perception of that brand and my loyalty to that brand is all undermined by the you know the actions they're taking despite what they may be saying and, and all the money they're investing in kind of building a brand and an image around sustainability. It suggests you just haven't got the goods to back it up, doesn't it, Gemma, when that sort of things happen? Yeah, I guess it comes back to this. Does your does your purpose go beyond your products and services? And, you know, in many cases, it doesn't. And I think that's something that as marketers, we need to we need to be making sure that sustainability is on the strategy. It's on the agenda. It's part of the conversation and provide the reasons why. It does seem to me, though, that there is latitude in most brands and in most companies to walk the walk as well as talking the talk. Nevertheless, it does beg the question, Rob Gray, whether there are some business models that make it almost impossible to be sustainable. And what do we do about those? I've, I've no doubt there are. Um, and it will be, you know, it's incredibly challenging for some some brands. If you're an oil company or something, you're not going to kind of suddenly stop extracting oil tomorrow and, and probably most consumers wouldn't want you to because of the impact that would have on on their lives so you know there has to be a recognition that it's about you know um taking practical steps that are realistic and feasible for the business um while keeping the business going um you know we can't just kind of do stuff that undermines the long-term health of the of the business and the oil's a good example, isn't it, Gemma, of that? They sort of recognise they haven't got a, a core business model is unsustainable, but the better oil companies are now producing serious plans and backing up in some cases with action to become move into renewables and actually pivot their business model uh, to something that is sustainable. Not all, of course, and there are some companies, presumably, that simply don't recognise that they are unsustainable and are just carrying on regardless. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a case of we have to rethink how we do things, don't we? We have to rethink what is the purpose of business in society? And if you think about people, profit, planet, profit seems to be the number one driver. And we've forgotten about people and we've forgotten about planet. But it's, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with making profit. It's how you make profit. So, but we have to now go people, planet, profit, because if there is no planet, profit doesn't matter. And people don't matter. And business doesn't matter, you know, and shareholders don't matter. So 
I think it's a case of just reprioritizing and rethinking how you're doing. And, and I, I ask uh, in my podcast, we ask uh, really we ask an important question sometimes, which is, you know, if your company disappeared off the face of the earth tomorrow, would it matter? Would the world miss it? And in fact, if your company disappeared off the face of the planet tomorrow, would the world actually be a better place? And I think some with some companies, it it would. So is the answer wrong, Ray, just to get rid of the one that fall into the latter category? <laughs> I think that that's a very tough, tough decision for the marketeers in those in those bands, probably. Well, look, well, look you know what? Everyone knows I'm a bit of a negative nor. I have a tendency to sort of finish these podcasts with rogues galleries, asking you to sort of name and shame those people that fall into the latter category. I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to ask the opposite. I'm going to say you two are experts on sustainability. You work with brands. If you had to choose between you two or three or four or five even great brands that you think have got it absolutely right on sustainability and can be an exemplar for other companies and other marketers, what would they be? I'm going to pick two who I think do it do it really well um, in different ways. Patagonia, who we've who we already mentioned, you know, are kind of, you know, probably the poster child for a sustainable brand, um, you know, and I think um, a good example of a brand where sustainability is their very core, um, you know, of, of what they do and what they're all about. They don't just live it internally. The way they communicate that and the way they build their brand around it and the types of advertising they undertake are very, um, very interesting. And, you know, they've run some fantastic campaigns like, you know, don't buy this jacket and very provocative advertising that I think does a lot to um, kind of, you know, not only build their brand, but kind of further the the cause of sustainability. Um, the, The other one that I think's, interesting for brands who who have a different kind of core purpose to sustainability who are kind of coming at this perhaps from a different place where their history is something different is um is m&s who've um with their kind of um initiative um plan a because there's no plan b um i think um you know how sustainable their behavior is versus other retailers i I'm not the expert on, but the way they've packaged that up and communicated that is very interesting and and very successful. And the way they've kind of communicated that on their on their trucks and in their stores, you know, I think it's a, a good example of a brand who's who's got their kind of sustainability initiatives across um, in a good way without getting confused about you know what they kind of fundamentally exist for they they still kind of run lots of good advertising alongside that you know around their food and 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 kind of fundamentally why people shop there jerry have you got you want to nominate any gongs um what patagonia is obviously an obvious one um that stands out but i think a couple of others for me are um tony's chocoloni which is, you know, the chocolate brand that wants to to make chocolate 100% slave free. I think what they do in terms of that single point of focus all the way through to their chocolate bars and when you open the wrapper, the, the messaging in there is just amazingly um, executed in terms of what sits under there and where they position their stores across, you know, airports and things. So there, there's the footfall and the message that they they deliver as to why you should purchase their chocolate is is really really strong. 
Another company is Tom's, the footwear company. Yes, they're making footwear, but the breadth of what they are doing for, you know, within societies and the partners they work with is staggering. And I think it it's really, really shows if you go on their website and look at their impact report, how much they truly do. And it's not just giving away footwear, you know, they are doing a tremendous amount. So they're for me are giving back to that sort of that greater societal you know commitment of what business should be which is to serve society and help build sustainable communities and sustainable cities and and things like that and then i think in terms of of big companies that are doing it well i think apps i think marks and spencers were well ahead of their time and they they just at a time when people weren't interested in it were they and the urgency wasn't there but they were absolutely streets ahead when it came to Plan A, um, and I interviewed Mike Barry for my podcast, who um, who came, you know, who was the sustainable director there, and and they were they were incredibly ahead of their time. But I think, in terms of an industry, I think or a sector, I think actually, I think the supermarkets are making some really strong inroads. I think they're working together quite collaboratively. Uh, they've got an awful lot to deal with. They're doing a lot to try and reduce packaging. Uh, they're doing a lot in terms of putting, you know, recycling banks in at the end of the stores to try and educate people on doing that. They're tackling, they're trying to tackle waste, aren't they? And I think they've got, I think that them, them as a sort of multiple number of businesses working together, I think they're, they really do are making some good progress. Well, light at the end of the tunnel, at least a hopeful message. To end on Rob Gray, Gemma Butler, thank you very much indeed. It's been great. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the CIM Marketing Podcast on your platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can also join the conversation on Twitter at CIM underscore exchange, where we'll keep you updated about the latest episodes. See you next time. CIM Marketing Podcast.